Hello, I'm Carrie Gard and welcome to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. Welcome back to season 11. I hope you've enjoyed this collection of guests so far. It's it's one of my favorite lineups for sure, especially that triple whammy in the beginning with Danny Wolf, Kaya Adams, and Chris Spellman, all amazing security marketers who are so passionate about the industry and the part they play in regards to the missions that their companies are, are going after. It's just, oh, amazing. If you haven't heard any of those episodes, be sure to skip back and check them out. In this episode, I got to hang out with Jada Holst, And that's really what we did in this episode. I usually try and have a clear agenda for most of my episodes, but for Jada, we just got to shoot the shit in doing. So we landed on some really important topics around hiring, the great resignation, and what we all can do about it. There are some clear challenges in the marketing industry, and it's going to take all of us to figure it out. And it was really cool to talk to somebody who feels the same way I do in regards to that. And somebody who had some really great ideas on where we can start. Such a great conversation with Jada. Jada Holst is a marketing manager at an ISVP focused on supporting higher ed, nonprofit, and other similar industries to succeed in their missions. Her background also includes cybersecurity and B2B startups with experience in demand, channel, field, and customer marketing. Oh, so good to meet Jada. I hope you feel like you get to know her too. Let's take a listen. Hello, Jada. Thank you for joining me on Tea Time. Hello. Thanks for having me. Do you have any tea today? Oh, all the tea, girl. (laughs) I'm stoked to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. We're going to have a great conversation today. And uh, actually, this is probably the best question to kick off this conversation. I mean, I ask it of everybody, but it's going to fit perfectly into our broader scope. So let's kick off with you know, what's your story, Jada? What do you do and how did you get there? Yes. Um, and let me start off by saying we're still living in the virtual remote work world. I have my little Corgi Hazel close. Um, so if you hear her in the background, I apologize. It's just her saying hi. She likes to steal the spotlight. Um, <laughs> but to get back to your original question, Carrie, how did I get here? Do you want the long answer or the short answer? <laughs> I think we do the long answer today because we, that's where we do the long our, answer. Yeah. I mean, that's where our conversation is going to sit. So I think it's, I think it fits the bill. Perfect. Okay. Well, because I can ramble a little bit, but I think it's all good stuff, especially with this topic about why marketing is such a stellar career and why we want to make sure that we can educate as many people about this opportunity as possible. And thank um, you for the headline of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call it. Awesome. We like to stick to the theme, don't we? We do. Um, Hazel. Hazel agrees. All right. Yes. Yes. All right. So why is marketing a stellar career opportunity? What's your, what's your path here, Jada? How'd you get there? Yeah. So to answer your question, Carrie, um, again, the the long version. So I actually grew up on a farm in the Midwest uh, of America and we didn't have a lot of exposure to, of course, the tech realm um, and, and everything that was possible from a marketing or a sales standpoint. 
um, a lot of what I was exposed to growing up was very traditional careers, right? Um, I thought that I wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, I was told that I should be a lawyer. Uh, my dad thinks I'm good at arguing. He's probably not wrong. <laughs> um, but as I went to school, I went to college. I actually have a political science degree and a history degree, again, because I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, I went and pursued that and I just kind of realized like something was missing. You know, I'm a good writer. Um, I, I can put together those good arguments, if you will, really knowing the audience, really knowing how to position things and, and how to sell it. But I was missing that human element. And that, that's not to say that the legal profession isn't human, um, but it felt really cold to me. And I just knew something was off. Um, so after an internship in college where I, I kind of did the legal route and I just realized it wasn't for me. Uh, after college, I felt a little bit lost. And I think that that's a really common feeling that we don't do enough to prepare grads for, right? Like it's mm -hmm. such a crazy shift when you go from college to quote unquote, the real world. Um, and that's one thing too, that I've tried any, any friend that I have, that's kind of in that stage of life, just to prep them at marketing or not that it's a big change, but you know, you'll get used to it and eventually you'll learn to love it. <laughs> um, but all this to say, I, I went and just got a job that paid pretty well after college. Um, I applied to anything and everything. I was applying to be a receptionist at a clinic. I applied to be a sales coordinator. I, it was such a, it was very much across the board um, just because I kind of had a lot of interests and I didn't really know how to piece them together. Um, but of course the best offer from a financial standpoint actually came from the sales coordinator position. Um, and as a recent grad, you're going to jump on that, right? Yeah, you are. <laughs> and that's kind of what we're talking about here too, right? Is, is what's so great about the sales and marketing profession. And, and, and that's, that's a part of it, right? You stand to make a very comfortable living. Um, and at the time I, I didn't know anything about marketing, uh, kind of going back to the original question, I was focused on the sales side. Um, but not really directly selling. And just as the company needed some random projects done, I, I learned a little bit more about what was available from the marketing realm. They had an agency that was helping do some of the website content um, and things like that. And I was tasked to work with them. And that's really where I discovered this wonderful profession that kind of puts together so many of my interests, right? Like I'm I think that I'm good at speaking. I think that I'm good at maintaining relationships, but I'm also really good at writing. Part of me really loves systems and technology. Um, and it was just like, wow, where has this magical career been hiding? Um, and, and really the rest is history. Uh, I have been fortunate enough to work with some really great companies, small and large. Um, and everyone has taught me something different. And, and today I'm back at an ISV with, uh, that works directly with Salesforce and kind of helping to build out their marketing department. So that is the, at the end there, the very condensed version of what my career path has been, but that's kind of how I got here is it was a happy accident, but trust me, I'm very happy that the accident happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I have, I have, I have a very different, but similar story. So I, I love this. For me, when it happened for me, I was in the same boat in terms of applying to anything and everything to just, I just wanted to get to New York. So I was like, I don't care where I work. I'll work at a diner if I have to. I just want to be in New York City. 
And so I happen to land in marketing as well. For me though, I didn't have quite the journey you did in terms of sort of figuring out what I didn't want. And I loved what you said around the human element and it feeling cold and not human enough. Did you, did you realize that when you were doing the internship or did the internship just not feel good and you couldn't quite pick your finger on it at the time? Yeah, that's, that's such a great question. I think even then I knew that I was missing something. Um, it didn't help that there were legal students that came in to talk to us that basically said, Hey, pick something else. Um, and, and that's not to, <laughs> I'm not here to, to shy folks away from striving for whatever they're destined for. Um, but it was almost like that. I don't know. Uh, moment from above, if you will, where it was like, okay, there's, there's something here that's telling me that this just isn't the right path for me. And to kind of go explore, see what else is out there. And, you know, as I'm sure what you said about wanting to get to New York and doing, you'd be willing to do just about anything to be there. It can be very uncomfortable to take that step back and explore, like, what am I interested in or what am I not interested in? Um, I think a lot of marketers kind of err on the side of that type A. They're very much planners, even though they're creative, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we're, we're big time planners. So when your plan doesn't work, um, it's, it can be a little overwhelming, but so jarring, (laughs) especially, especially as those like that early twenties. And that's not to say that any age group can't get into marketing because again, there's so many different skill sets that are needed. Um, you can be incredibly analytical and there's a role for you. There can be somebody who's the best events planner in the world. There's a role for you. Um, if all you ever do is write, there's a role for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's what, I don't want to say it's a misconception about marketing, but it's something that we need to get out there is, you know, it, it's such a, it, encompasses so many different skills and so many people could be really good at this. Um, so yes, I'm talking about my experience post-graduation because it wasn't that long ago. Um, <laughs> I think about five or six years ago at this point, but I could also see someone who's maybe at a turning point in their career where they're looking for something new and challenging and exciting and marketing could be the, the fit for them really. I mean, I feel like the way marketing is exploding right now, marketing can be fit for pretty much anyone. Maybe I'm going out on a limb on that, but I feel like, <laughs> well, I feel like marketing is easy to teach, right? That's like anybody can learn it. It's just a matter of like, I love what you're saying in terms of your interest. What do you want to do? What don't you want to do? You probably have a really good long list of that. <laughs> and then out of what you don't want to do, what do you want to do? Right. That you could find a job in marketing that suits those skill sets. Yeah, you're so right. And I think to, you know, it kind of goes back to that education piece of it. Right. And of, as I'm sure that we've kind of established here, I, I did have a formal education. I did four years at the university of Iowa, go Hawks. Um, but I think that the way marketing is positioned from like an educational standpoint, if you will, um, formal or informal to your point about really anybody could learn it is, is just that. So the problem with the formal education is that it's, it's very theoretical, right? Which you could argue is maybe the problem with a lot of different career paths. All education? (laughs) (laughs) Touche, touche. But 
really with marketing, it's yes, you need to know how to communicate. And even that can be taught to an extent, right? Some people are naturals, um, but even that could be taught. It's really so much keeping up with the changes in the industry, which is they're constant, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's, that's what's tough is we're, you know, the job market is rapidly changing and I can't necessarily speak to that. That that's not where my skill set lies, but, you know, I do have friends in the HR and the recruiting realm and wow, it's certainly what they say, the candidates world at this point. Oh yeah. I want to take a step back here because I love what you were talking about in terms of education, because I think we were taught in our, in our, and maybe it's still being pushed today. Maybe not. I don't, I don't know. My kids are still too young. We're not talking college yet. Maybe I need to start. I don't know. Um, But for me, I mean, that was always the path. I was going to college. There was no question. There was no pushback. I was going to college. I didn't have a choice. That's just the path that was laid out for me. And that's what I was told to do. Yes. Um, And I always like to have the argument, which never goes down well, but that's the fun of arguing. Um, (laughs) that for what I wanted to do, I wanted to be a photographer. I went to school for photography and I, I made the argument up, down, left, right after college in hindsight, because everything's 2020 in hindsight of if I really wanted to go be a photographer, the last thing I should have done was go to college for it. Because to your point of everything being theoretical, I learned how to take a great picture, but what I didn't learn was how to run a business, how to get new clients, how to market myself, Like when you want to be a photographer, it's not just about going out there and taking great pictures. You're running a business at the same time. And they don't teach you that. I don't think anybody really teaches you how to run a business in in any education. Um, And so Um, theoretical, yeah. I mean, I wonder how much of, I I just wonder if if college is still really like, I don't know what the alternative is because I don't feel like you can launch right into you know, working right after high school, but I feel like there's got to be a better way than college all the time. So absolutely. And I mean, there's so many different ways that we could take that conversation. And a lot of what you said really resonated with me as well. Um, Yeah. College was only, only the ever option, the only option ever, excuse me. Um, And that was more so because I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, right? Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. you, You have to go to college for that. But to your point, um, I have had that thought so many times as I'm sitting in a QBR or as I'm, as I'm, you know, putting together a new, something new for the MarTech stack or marketing automation, nobody teaches this anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, that's also part of the problem too. Like once you're actually in marketing, we keep things so close to the chest because everybody thinks that they have the magic sauce or the secret sauce. And if they give it away, then someone else is going to do it better than them. But the conversation that I've tried to foster, especially with my female counterparts, and I've had a few different, I've, you know, worked with a few different organizations at this point in life. And I've been very fortunate enough to maintain those relationships, even after I've left is, you know, we have to see each other win. we have to build each other up. And this isn't to say that, you know, we shouldn't have those relationships with male counterparts or non-binary counterparts, but the idea that, you know, as females, we're still in a workspace that, you know, doesn't quite 
value us the same way as our male counterparts. And we need to have those conversations about what are you doing to win? You, whether that's, you know, your marketing programs, what are you seeing working? What conversations are you having with your boss? And very candidly, how much are you making? You know, I used to think that that conversation was so taboo. And I think oh, yeah. for a lot of people, it maybe still is, mm-hmm. but I was very fortunate last summer to have a conversation with someone who was a bit more senior, who was honest with me about her salary. And I just realized that I was, I wasn't being compensated fairly. And since then I've had very similar conversations where folks have literally said that exact same thing to me is, wow, why aren't we talking about this? Because I'm learning so much about what I deserve. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and, and that's just one piece of it too, but to your point, that's not, that's not taught, right? We don't, we're not taught about how do we advocate for ourselves in the workplace? How do we, how do we run that business? And fortunately for me, kind of going back to like, I had mentioned at the very, very beginning of the podcast, I was raised on a farm. Um, so I'd seen business from a very early age, but did I learn how to use a CRM? Did I learn how to, you know, use my soft skills? <laughs> Probably not. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I, I think that that's kind of the task that us marketers have to handle is how do we en- enable and encourage the next quote unquote generation of marketers to join us? Right. And that doesn't mean the early 20 somethings. That means anybody who is interested. Right. Um, and, and I, I have a few ideas on how we could do that, but I, I'd be curious to hear what you have to say, Carrie. Well, I think we have to do it because we've left a generation behind. In yes. That, um, in that we all sort of went after people who already have experience. And so we left it to sort of the big agencies to figure it out mm-hmm. or, the big, or the big brands to sort of figure out how to um bring on people who, who don't know anything and then train them up. And unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, however you want to cut it, this generation is, they are, they're zero bullshit. They, they know what they want. They know what they, what they want and what they don't want. They know that work-life balance is, is key to their happiness and success and churn and burn is not for them. So the big agencies who are not changing their culture can't even bring in the fresh assistant people to learn the skills because they don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and so for us smaller companies who have only been looking at experts for so long have left that, that group out. And so we have a gap now. We have a big gap in that we have more jobs than we have people. And it's a big problem. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you're speaking to like what we're seeing generally across the job market today. Um, and that probably goes back to what you were saying about, you know, you felt that pressure that the only option was to go to college, right? And that's not for everyone. Um, whether it's, you know, maybe formal education isn't for them. Maybe it's out of reach um, from like a resources perspective. There's so many reasons why it it doesn't make sense for people, but that doesn't mean just because you don't have that education that you can't rock this career, right? Again, there's so much of marketing and sales that are, I don't think can be taught. Can you, can you be taught to be a people person? Maybe, but is it better if it comes naturally? Yes. Right. Um, 
some of the best salespeople I've ever worked with never went to college. And, and I know we're talking about marketing, but they kind of go hand in hand. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the trouble with marketing though, is everybody that I have worked with. Yes. They have that college degree and, and it does, it, it, it certainly hinders getting folks in there into the door. Um, but what you're, what you were saying about the agency culture, just not being appealing anymore. is it's so true. And one thing too, that I've, and, and let me say, I'll say that I've never worked for an agency. Um, I've worked with agencies, some, some that were fabulous, some that were maybe not so fabulous. Um, I, I think part of what that problem is too, aside from the cultural elements you talked about, they're just way too focused, right? You have a very specific niche and that's all you do. And really that kind of takes away from the beauty of marketing, which is, it's so vast, right? And for me, that's why I like working at startups. That's why I like working in the smaller companies. I like seeing them grow, of course, but I like to kind of have my hand in a lot of different elements. That's what keeps me excited. That's what keeps me challenged. And, and again, that goes back to, there's so many ways that different people, different backgrounds, skill sets, ages, all of it could find a career here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you're somebody who's really technical and, and maybe you're a great project manager there's a role for you in marketing. If you're a great writer, if you're creative, if you have those, like if you have that aesthetic eye, which for the record, I do not. And I'm amazed by anyone who does. (laughs) There is a spot for you in marketing. And I think it's really just kind of breaking down those barriers to say, hey, you know, let's maybe look past this, this mandatory college education piece of it, which I think the, you know, tech tech world is definitely moving towards, but maybe not quick enough. To your point, we're going to lose a generation if we don't get rid of that idea. Because the thing is, you do not need a college degree to do marketing at all. And I am, I'm certainly not hating on my experience. Um, I think that college taught me some really great pieces of, you know, how to write, how to make those arguments. Could I have learned that not in college? Yes. Truthfully, I think that the one thing that college did that really got me ready for my career, and this is going to be uh, maybe a little bit of a shock, but I've said this before and I stand by it, is I was in a sorority and that taught me so much about here's how to network. Here's how to talk to somebody who's new. Here's how you present yourself. Here's, Here's how you maintain your personal brand. And for folks who maybe didn't experience that, I think it can, it can sound very um, fake, I guess, for lack of a better word, but that's not what it was. It was, how do you make sure that you're always representing the best version of yourself? And I think that's really what we're all trying to do, or at least what we should be trying to do, right? Um, In the professional world and personal as well, but, you know, we're here to talk about marketing. So (laughs) I love that. I think that's really important. And and that is something that I think you can cultivate. Um, Networking's hard. Oh, it's, it's uncomfortable. I mean, as somebody who is like, yeah, I'm like a self-proclaimed people person. I feel like I could talk to a wall uh, for better or worse. It's, it's getting more uncomfortable. Um, And I, I hate to say this because again, I, I'm a believer and you just never know. You never know what opportunities lie out there. And you reached out to me on LinkedIn, right? Did, and I'm, I'm so glad that you did. 
but I'm just getting bombarded. And I think too, and, and this kind of speaks to folks who are a little bit further along in their marketing career, you almost start to shy away from networking that way because you don't know what am I going to be sold, blah, blah, blah. And now this, this conversation is making me question like, oh man, am I missing someone who could be, you know, reaching out for some career advice or, you know, has, has a way that we could collaborate. So we're both winning. Um, but yeah, and, and COVID certainly didn't help the networking piece of it at all. <laughs> Very limited options. Oh, it became faceless too. Oh yeah. Um, which is very ironic because we're talking to each other on a podcast, right? (laughs) Um, and that's not to say that, you know, there aren't really great things about what technology can do. Um, I believe that you're in Europe right now, right. Mm -hmm. And I'm in Minnesota. So like we wouldn't normally be able to have this conversation and, and here we are and we're having a great one. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you can still foster great relationships even, you know, via the virtual world, but it definitely gets harder. Um, and yeah, I, I think some of it is lost to your point, but all this to say, I, I don't know how, I don't know how we fix the networking piece of it. And, and maybe that, that onus falls to us more experienced marketers. Like we need to kind of put our own success aside for a second to make sure that we're reaching out and enabling those, those younger, yeah. younger in their career marketers. <laughs> we need to pull them up. I totally agree. Um, and I think that we almost need to do, I was just thinking about this because hiring is so hard right now. It's a really tough market out there. And I think, you know, the general, and I think this happens with, with new business too. Sometimes I know we feel in marketing where like all of a sudden the pipeline dries up or something goes haywire and all of a sudden we need like new business fast, fast, fast. And so we dump a ton into like broad awareness sort of stuff or like legion stuff. Um, And then we get a ton of, quite frankly, this is the wrong word for it, but we get a ton of like, I want to say crap. That's not the word I'm thinking of, but like we do, <laughs> we right? It's all stuff we, we got to sift through. People who aren't really ready for us or ready to talk to us or yep. they're not the right fit. Or um, there's all these, there's all this stuff in the way of like talking to the right people. And so the beauty of demand gen, I feel like, and the beauty of the way we're now approaching marketing, which I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go apply to recruiting because it's less about, it's more, it's becoming more and more about the right people at the right time with the right message and just being there and letting them know you're there so that when they have that aha moment of like, oh my gosh, I do have this problem. And oh my gosh, I do need that. They, and they start that research process. They know how to find you and start comparing. And I feel like now with the job market, we got to do, we got to do the same where we now need to almost to your point, Jada, like personal branding, like yeah, absolutely. We got to start reaching out to people and, and just starting a conversation. It's not trying to sell anything. It's not even trying to hire them right this second. It's just being like, Hey, we seem to have some things in common. Like let's hang out and chat. And then finding those right people to have good conversations with, and that you want to keep in touch with. So you're not trying to like network 
the world. It's not about a numbers game anymore. We're going on a bit of a tangent and a rant here, but I'm like, no, this is amazing. Me up, <laughs> um, I love it because I feel like it becomes a numbers game, right? You're on LinkedIn, you're looking at your followers or you're looking at your engagement and you're looking at like how many people you're getting in touch with. And I feel like if we can just like blow the air out of that, really focus on the right people that we want to have really good conversations with and, and hone those relationships. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Then we can start bringing in the right clients that fit our, that where we can really help them and fit their needs. We can start bringing in the right people to come work with us because they're like excited about working with us because we created this really great relationship and bond. And it, and it's so much more meaningful than just trying to, you know, reach out to everyone all the time and just sort of like hope for the best. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it goes back to the saying, right? If you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. And so much of, you know, it, it's everything that you're saying really resonated with me. I was actually recently having a conversation with another one of my marketer friends about exactly what you're talking about. Um, it had to do with recruiting and more to do with uh, dating, if I'm being very honest. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's funny how I think too, and, and that's also something going back to the work, work-life balance. So much of what I've learned from marketing, I apply it to my, my personal life and how to reach goals and how to get there. And, um, you know, to your point, you, there are, you know, X, X number of candidates out there and only X number are going to convert to that next stage and X number are ready. And, um, you know, it, it, it really whittles down very quickly, but again, to your point, getting the right message in front of the right person at the right time, it's, it's so critical and I think too, it goes back to how can we educate again, this new generation. And, and that's not, that's not strictly the twenties. It's, it's anybody who's interested, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we educate the new generation about what's out there and how do we enable them to make that change? If it's a change or to get them in their foot in the door for their first job um, in within the marketing and, and my wheels are turning. I'll be honest. You, you got me fired up too um, about, what I can do. Right. Um, you know, I think that I'm fairly early on in my career, but I feel like I've also still learned so much. And now I I've kind of, I feel this like personal responsibility to help other people kind of at least be aware of what's out here and to help them kind of get their, get the ball rolling. Because like you said, kind of going back to your photography career, so much of what you learned had not a lot to do with the practice itself, right? The practice of marketing itself or photography itself, but how to, how to really work that profession once you were actually there. Right. Um, and, and yeah, I, there's such an opportunity for us to do that, Carrie. And I would have learned on the job. Like that was my whole point. If I had just gone, if there had been, if we could go back to almost, and we're thinking about this for our company and we're, we're setting up some goals and it's very early stages in terms of how we're thinking about it. So we have nothing carved out in stone, but if we could, if we could almost go back to like the idea of an apprenticeship. Yes, but right? paid. Paid, 100% <laughs> paid, no yes. internships. Internships are too, are too short and fleeting. They and really they, are. They don't give people enough time to really get in there and figure it out. And they're not paid, which is no garbage. Um, so yes, paid apprenticeships where you really bring people in to learn 
on the job in a really almost educational space rather than a professional, like sort of, sort of bridging that gap between um, profession and education, so to speak. So right. thinking about that. Um, no, I love, no I idea love how to do it, but that. <laughs> yes, you do. Come on. You do. Um, no. And I love that. And, and again, I, this goes back to what I was saying about, we need to have open and honest conversations with our peers about what's working and what they've learned. Um, you know, MarTech is a great example. I won't name drop here of like what I use or, or who, um, but it it's something that, again, people keep it so close to the chest and it's, it's almost like the technologies make it so difficult to learn that why we're going against exactly what the marketing again, principles are of let's make of information readily available. Let's be helpful. Let's be informative. Let's build trustworthy relationships. Um, so, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of calling ourselves in our own bullshit here. I, I hope I can say that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, su- such an opportunity to, again, bring those folks in and not to do a Ted talk moment, but what you said about apprenticeships and, you know, making sure that we, we kind of kill away the unpaid internship piece of things. One thing that really grinds my gears is when you hear tech companies talking about how critical the DEI um, focus is, and, and it is, don't get me wrong there, but again, then they're limiting who they can bring in, yeah. you know, whether it's, oh, our referral program is so strong or, oh, you have to be in the office or, you know, oh, again, sorry. or you have to have a college degree, then that's, that that is such a problem. Mm-hmm. And we talk again, then it's, then it's, you have to know someone or you have to have had, again, my cor- my Corgi Hazel, she has, she feels very passionate about this topic as well. Um, <laughs> we, the button seats thing, which I would like to think has completely died in with COVID, but I don't think it, it has yet that, that limits talent so fastly. And it's, it's really a shame. Um, so I'm really hoping to see that shift as, as more companies continue to kind of make those changes. Yeah. So all this to say, I, I would like to see as, as companies shift and, you know, we're talking about this, this hopeful uh, mindset shift and, and how we hire and how we educate and how we get in front of the right candidates that we're also keeping that in mind too, is how do we make this profession available to people that maybe don't have the resources to be in an office in a big city or didn't have the resources to have that quote unquote formal education. Um, you know, I, there's just so many things that again, it's going, you had mentioned, well, I don't know how to do that. Or we don't, we don't have that planned out yet. It's, I don't think it's all that hard, like make this profession accessible and educate folks on it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just the, it's just the logistics. Right. I don't know how to do it. We're, we're, we want to make sure that we're bringing in our, cause we got, it's going to take the whole organization, right? Like as much as leadership we oh. this thing, like, so it's more, of, I'm just saying, I don't know how to do it in terms of like the logistics, but that's, that's the how that's easy. Uh, it, yes. It's the, yeah. getting started. And I hear what you're saying about like, you want to make it a great experience for the, for the person who's coming in as a, you know, an apprentice for lack of a better word. Um, But you also want to make it a great experience for for the folks in your company. And yes, I totally hear you there. 
Um, I think for me more personally, I was speaking to the fact of how can we, how can we kind of shift our mindset as folks who are building teams to, to help the right. And I don't, I don't even know if the, the right candidate is the correct term, right? Because who knows, you might have a mechanic. Yeah. You might have a mechanic out there who has the best technical mind in the world and is going to be your marketing ops genius. They just need to be taught. Right. Um, so again, I, I think it, yes, it's, it's good to talk to the right person and the right mindset, but, but also it kind of goes back to that education piece and, um, the problem awareness, if you will. <laughs> yeah. So our conversation is twofold. Cause I think we, um, I love how organic this was. And so I want to just sort of summarize and give us a chance to have last thoughts here. The, the challenge is twofold. The first is that people don't even know that they could get into marketing because, because formal education's in their way, because they don't know what skill sets they have to have. And so I love what we're saying, Jada, of like, know what you don't want, know what you do want, write that down, look at your skill set. And then look at, look at the grand scheme of marketing, which goes from, you know, and start having conversations with people who talked about networking, right? So reach out on LinkedIn to people who are sitting in any sort of marketing role, literally any marketing role from marketing managers within brands to agencies who are doing specific SEO, digital ads, copywriting, website, like go just start having conversations to figure out what you're resonating with ask people for a day in their life. What does it feel like? Like just, just start figuring out where you could find your footing in marketing because every, anybody, and to your point, Jada, mechanic could find their foot in marketing. (laughs) Right. If they had the, if they had the right alignment in terms of, um, skill, skill set and professional, not even skill set, like just how your brain sort of works. Mindset. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And, and I love what you're saying too, because again, I I've said this a few times, but it really resonates with my story on how I got here is I grew up on a farm. My dad's a farmer. He has been his whole life. Um, and he didn't, he didn't go to college. He doesn't have a formal education, but he is one of the most intelligent people I know. Um, so I am 100% on board with your degree absolutely does not define your capabilities. And this person, my father has so many skills in so many different areas. And for me, that's really kind of led, led my mind to understand, like, don't ever count someone out just because they don't have that piece of paper. Right. And it's really that life experience. He could come in and run a company beautifully. I mean, he has his whole life. Now, can he work an iPhone very well? No. So maybe he's not cut out for marketing, but he could be cut out for something else. And, and this isn't, this isn't a push or a plug for my dad. He's, he's happily self-employed, but the, the idea is you just never know. So don't count someone out, but also we have to do our job as professionals that have established themselves in the career to, to reach out that hand, you know, I love what you're saying about encouraging people to, to find folks that they want to have conversations with and kind of get, you know, get an idea of what the day in and day out looks like as marketers. But again, I think the onus kind of falls to us too, to, to educate, right. About the opportunities and and why we love it. And also things that make us crazy because that exists. (laughs) Um, But, but 
that's with any job, right? There's, there's good and there's bad. Yeah. That was the second part of our conversation is that two-way street of, of encouraging people to get out there and figure out, you know, where they would like to go and what that could look like for them and in those conversations. And then on the flip side, we have to also extend that hand to say, we're open to those conversations and to find people we want to have those conversations with as well. Of like, we think you'd be great at this. Um, and, and we also have to create the right programs to allow people to come learn as they go and Absolutely. set them up for success on that. Because, you know, this idea of expert, and we definitely want to look to people who, who are going to be able to set that stage of what people should strive for. And we still need that 100%. And we also need to figure out how to set those right programs up so people can learn from each other. That's just those those three, it, all three need to align and we can do it. We got to do yeah. it now. No, you're, the timing is very urgent. Absolutely. For so many, for so many reasons. Um, but I'll certainly say that I'm inspired. You know, I, I want to walk away from this and, and figure out what I can do to, to reach out, give that handout to anyone who's interested. Um, new grads, old grads, no grads, all of it. <laughs> uh, let's sync up after this data. Maybe we can um, put our heads together. I, yeah, I like where this is headed. I, I really do. Um, I, I usually ask this question uh, in the beginning, but I'm going to ask it now just because we're wrapping up here and we're human and we're more than marketers, even though we've had quite the marketing journey ourselves. But just so yeah. people can get to know you a bit more, Jada, I've, I have four questions for you. The first one, like I said, I normally ask at the beginning, but just to ask it now, in your, in your current job and what you're doing, What's one challenge you're currently facing? Oh gosh. Well, let me preface by I'm at a startup that's growing uh, on the plus side. It's growing hundred percent year over year. Um, but I think all you have to say is startup and then you can just kind of stop <laughs> and, and understand what some of those challenges are. Um, I will say I'm incredibly fortunate to work with folks who are not set in their ways. Um, what do they say? Nothing kills, nothing kills progress more than the phrase of we've always done it this way. Right. Um, so we've got a very forward thinking team, which I think that that's the only way that you can survive as, um, not only a startup, but new products, et cetera. You have to be willing to make those changes. And, um, what I had said, what I had said earlier was, you know, marketers really like their plan, but what you'll learn, and, and this is for someone who's interested in learning about marketing, what you'll learn is you have to fail fast and fail often um, because that's the only way that you're going to be able to change with the times and adapt quickly. Um, so really it, it's the standard stuff. It's, you know, as we're growing, who does what, um, what are the new processes so that we, we can scale rapidly and effectively um, and then, you know, the, the constant struggle with budget, <laughs> everybody wants and needs more of it, but there's it's only true. so much to go around. So true. Budget. It's always such a struggle, especially for startups. Oh, goodness. Yes. Because <laughs> um, they want to grow fast, but they also have to invest money, but they also don't. Yeah. It's, it's hard. I think that that's where like that creative lens comes in even more though is mm-hmm. okay. So what really wins and how can we get scrappy in those other areas? So I, I hope my boss isn't listening to this because please give me more budget, but <laughs> yes, but also, yeah, which is a whole other but podcast. Also, yes, absolutely. <laughs> whole other podcast. Awesome. All right. My last three questions for you, Jada rapid fire here. Are you ready? Yep. The first one is, have you picked up any new hobbies in the last two years? Yes. 
I bought a boat last spring <laughs> and, um, again, I'm in Minneapolis right now, so it's negative uh, two. We're not boating today, but hopefully we'll be boating in a couple months. <laughs> oh, so good. Awesome. Yeah. Um, if you could be with your team, we're talking, we're remote, you're working from home. Um, yep. but if you could be with your team and someday, you know, it is, it is important to like gather when we can, uh, oh, absolutely. what song would you want to be, would you want playing while you were hanging out in person? Yeah. <laughs> um, that is so amazing. Um, let's go with all my favorite people do by Marin Morris. It's a, it's a new one. Um, but I, it just talks about like being laid back and go with the flow, which, um, I know again, marketer, so definitely a little type a, but that's me as a person is when we're together, like let's just relax and, and have a good time. All right. Final question for you. If you could travel to anywhere in the world with no vaccination passes and PCR (laughs) tests and masking and all of the other things that are in our way of doing that easily, where would you go and why? Okay. Well, that's tough because I haven't been anywhere warm in a couple of years. Um, so part of me is inclined to say Hawaii because I've been and it's beautiful, but I'm also a history nerd as mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to get to Germany because that's my ancestry, my heritage. Um, and I'm hoping to do both in, you know, the near future. Uh, so cross your fingers for me, please. <laughs> they're, they're all crossed and fingers and toes and all the things. Yes. Thank come you. On over. <laughs> Need all the help I can get. <laughs> Jada, this was awesome. Thank you so much yeah. for joining me. No, thank you. This conversation has been amazing. I feel very inspired and I hope that for whoever is listening, you feel the same. my conversation with Jada Holst. Jada and I hang out now on a regular basis, monthly. We, uh, we talk about where we are in terms of the hiring challenges and what we're doing about it uh, and what solutions we're trying and what uh, we've come up with. And it's just really cool. It's really cool to connect with her on a regular basis and to, and to really put our brains together, come up with some great things. I'm looking forward to sharing with you, with them, with you in the future. If you'd like to connect with Jada and learn more about her story, you can find her on LinkedIn. Link is in the show notes. In the next episode, I chat with Naz Kim. Naz is so cool. Just really cool. She's authentic and real and she tells it like it is. And boy, does she have a lot to say when it comes to PR and how to find the right partner to make sure your company is doing PR right. Stay on. Autoplay will take you there. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Tea Time Season 11. This episode is brought to you by MKG Marketing, the digital marketing agency that helps cybersecurity and data companies get found via transparent, measurable digital marketing. It's hosted by me, Carrie Gard, CEO and co-founder of MKG. Music mix and mastering done by Austin Ellison. If you'd like to be a guest, please visit mkgmarketinginc.com to apply.